Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. God bless you. Good morning. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, MIP is COVID free. Free meaning you don't need a subscription to MIP every day now for a limited time. While we endure this pandemic, we want to make it available to everyone. So wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, MIP is COVID free and available to you and everyone without a subscription. Gentlemen, my guest today worked at the Highlander Research and Education Center, first as the Youth Intergenerational Programs Director, and then helping co-coordinate economics and governance programs, such as the Mapping Our Futures curriculum and the Southern Grassroots Economies Project. She served on the board of the Southern Reparations Loan Fund, the U.S. Solidarity Economy Network, the Democracy at Work Institute, and Appalachian Studies Association, among others. She helped serve as a founding steering committee member of the Black Immigration Network, Black Lives Matter, Knoxville, and the Black Lives Unitarian Universalism. She serves on the Movement for Black Lives Policy Table as one of the co-moderators of the Unitarian Universalist Association and is a member of two global working groups as a North American representative 
around alternatives to development. And she's going to talk to us today about fostering a base of movement technologists, building secure online spaces and tools to help people thrive and train hundreds to move into movement technologist roles. Maybe I can grow up to be a movement technologist myself from peopleshub.org. Such a pleasure to have with us and to see uh, Elandria Williams. Elandria, God bless you. How are you and how are yours faring in this pandemic? You know, I'm okay. I, I have a severe asthma um, and severe lung disease. And so I'm in that group of people that's not allowed to leave the house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so I've not left the house in, well, pre-COVID. So I've been in the house a long time. Um, and I run a support group for movement folks that are chronically ill and disabled. And they also haven't left the house in a long time. And so it's been actually a blessing to be with 50, 60, 70 other movement people who are also in the same situation who are actually needing a different thing from our time right now um, and forever. And I feel like, and then there's, I'm also Southern. And so I'm in that lovely group of people whose states don't know how to stop and don't know how to, you know, actually do testing and don't know how much they care. Um, and so there's a lot of people who have passed away and who are sick who don't have to be. Um, and I think that's where I sit right now. It's like, what do we have to do as black folks? What do we have to do as people to really hold our states accountable and hold ourselves accountable, you know, to actually demand a different response? Because a lot of my folks are going to church and getting sick at church. You know, we look at Kojic, you know, they've lost 300 bishops and elders. That includes people I know, you know, because um, I do faith-based work. Did you say 300? Has it been, you said 300? 300 bishops and elders. I wasn't aware of that number. Lord have mercy. When they added the elders in, it's 300. People have lost, it's a huge number. There are young people I know down here that are like, I mean, Dak Prescott's brother just died. I mean, like we're in a moment where I know a lot of young people who are in their 20s and 30s there's somebody who works at Highlander. There's people who have been, who are in Alabama, who are connected to movement work in Alabama, who are in their 20s and 30s, who some are past and some are really, really sick. And we just saw, you know, the report of somebody that's in, there's somebody that I know really well in DC, Asia Taylor, who's in the, she's in intensive care, you know, and she's like in her early 30s and really good friends with the people I know. And I've known for a long time and she has pneumonia and COVID. And she's young. And so I feel like, and we've lost a lot of black men. So I just think there's like a huge, and Detroit is being wrecked. So I feel, and a lot of people I know. So I just think we're in a moment around how do we like have a different response and what is going to happen after this. So there's a thing around movement technology and there's, we're facing a moment of like a great, I'm sorry. We're facing a moment of a great turning word. It's not going to be the same. Right. And so we've got to figure out like what is our response going to be after this? Right. And what's our strategy after this? Okay. So you, you open a lot of a, a doors Sorry. on that open. No, no, no. It's 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 okay. Um I'm dealing with my own PTSD hearing stories like that. This week has been incredible. And I'm here in the epicenter in New York. So I'm hearing stories outside here that are traumatic. But 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 let's go back for a minute. Now, refresh my mind. Where What state are you in right now? I live in Tennessee, and my people are in Tennessee, all over the South and in Tennessee. Okay. Yep. Uh, what, what city in Tennessee are you in? I live outside of Knoxville. Okay. All right. Um, 
in the mountains. Amen. So, first of all, to, to your situation, mm-hmm. you have asthma, which is one of those things they're telling us makes you even more susceptible. Yes, I have asthma and another lung disease. And I like, I've got like, I, and like an autoimmune stuff. But yeah, I'm like in that really funky group of people that have too many things going on. Yeah, yeah. So you have dealt with this by pretty much just staying inside, correct? Staying inside. And I mean, we're like in the worst asthma season in years. I mean, so I feel like there's like the combination of like what it means to have all this go on. Right. And it's just stressful. You know, because like people still have to come clean. They're like, right now, there's somebody that had to come to the house to deal with the plumber. And so it's like, how do you deal? So like, even as much as you try to social distance, stuff still is happening around you. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? But yeah, so I've just been inside mostly. So so, but let, so let me ask you something. And and this is not at all to make make light of your situation, but it may give us a little levity in this moment. So yeah. I've, I've got minor allergies. I think a lot of us have developed them, developed them of late with the environmental changes. When I was much younger, I had hay fever. It kind of comes back. So I take, this time of year, I take my Zyrtec. But everybody I've talking to who has any kind of allergy, allergy or laundria, during this COVID pandemic, people forgot the season it was in and they had allergies. So a lot of us have been tripping like we feel, we forget we have allergies and we feel something. So, oh my God, yeah, I have oh, no, I have food allergies. I'm allergic to everything but 14 foods. So we're not uh, talking about hay fever. No, 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 no. So, no, so I no, no. have severe, uncontrolled asthma. I'm in like the the top three percent of asthmatics in the world. Well, no, that, so that's like, my point. So the, I'm in an exacerbation all day, every day. Well, no, that's my point. For those of us who've been yeah. hypochondriacs, we tripping, your thing is real. Oh yeah, it's a different thing. It's, it's totally real. But, but in that vein though, as we go through that, in terms of your regular routine and managing your, your illnesses, you mentioned stress. So is there an, a raised anxiety level? Have you been like second guessing yourself? So wait a minute, is this my normal thing or is this something else? Have you been going through well, that? I mean, the real deal is like everything makes it what you have worse. Right. So like I was just on the phone with my room with my doctor right before I talked to you, you know, because the thing is, is that once you have a thing happen, it just I mean, I'm on a, I've been on prednisone for two years. So like once you have a thing happen, it just go it just escalates. And I think what I realize now, like I do a lot of yoga, a lot of meditation, a lot of prayer and a lot of turkey. So I feel like the and I offer now things to people around how to be grounded. Right. Like I'm about to do a yoga session for people with back pain tomorrow at 10. Because folks are struggling, you know, and I'm like, so I have been really deep in my practice because mm-hmm. I feel like if we can't get rooted, so I'm also like on this thing called TARC, which is we're like offering peer support for people that are struggling. So mm-hmm. like I have increased my amount of like time that I spend doing individual care and community care, because I think what happens when you're in a moment where you can't go to your therapist in the same way, you can't go hang out with your friends in the same way, the things that normally help root us, we can't do the same. So then you have to be like, what is grounding me spiritually? What is grounding me mentally that I can move through the added stress, right? Mm -hmm. Because I have friends 
that literally have had to use online service. Like I've been helping people think about how to do online memorial services, right? How do we do online care services? And so I think we're just in a moment of, even when we go back to whatever normal is, and this gets to the technology part, how do we hybridize? How do we create spaces that are both in person, like I call them on campus or on site and virtual so that people, regardless of where they're at, can have community, right? And how do we really increase community? Where I live, everyone's basically lived in the same place forever. Like I'm from a little town, black unincorporated town in Florida where everybody's related somehow in the last couple 400 years. And so like we do community differently, but for people who have like left home and so now there's an increase in mutual aid networks because people are like, I need village again, but I don't know anybody here. Right. And so I feel like part of what the online space is doing around mutual aid, connecting people online to like going to farmers markets and people's backyards or like what people can do to like really create, I feel like all the like DJs, dear gosh, it's like life-giving, right? Like all the things that help us de-stress actually help us be able to make it in this moment. Yeah, yeah, I hate, I hate. Uh, so you mentioned too, y- you've exploded the myth and what you shared with us, again, that this is something that is only gonna affect older people. You know younger people who've succumbed, haven't you? And you mentioned earlier, oh, yeah. The, you know, you did a mass memorial service, uh, but you also used the terminology with me before uh, we started this interview of, of genocide. Yep. E- explain, explain that if you would. So I feel like when more people in Navajo Nation that have died in the 13th state, when you have decided to redo the syphilis experiment in Detroit, right? Because basically that's what they did. They're like, we have a cure, we think, and we're going to use it on the black people that are sick in Detroit which is the same thing they did with, we're gonna use a cure that we think and Tuskegee with syphilis. The only difference is now people know, back then people didn't know, right? Now we have media in a way that people can blow it up. Back in the thirties, there was no media in the forties and the fifties and the sixties to blow it up in the same way. And so I think of it as genocide. When you know that you're not gonna test in black areas, you're not going to actually deal with the fact that we, of course, have negative, like, situ- of course, it's racism is a thing. So, of course, people have more impacts through toxic waste dumping. So, on the one hand, they're like trying to destroy the Clean Water Act with some things we got fixed, but we're going to lower the standards around environmental protection, which impacts poor people, right? Most poor people in this country are people of color and some white people in Appalachia. So we're going to lower standards around environment, which makes people sicker. We're going to lower standards around like plants. Most plants are located in urban black Latinx areas. So we're going to lower the standards on that. And we're going to lower, we're going to not allow you to be tested. So we have people that are dying that are young because they won't even let them get tested. Older people, not tested. So that to me is genocide because you have basically decided this whole group of people is disposable. So when you have decided that we are disposable people, I don't know another word for that but genocide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and it, it, it didn't start with COVID. In other words, this is something that is cumulative, isn't it? For, because of all the disparities and, and uh, injustices 
and um, 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 disparate treatment that has been the case for decades or even centuries for that matter. It's centuries. You know, it's hundreds of years old. It's 400 years old since we've been here. Yeah. And so I feel like since the youth, since all the white people decided to come colonize and destroy, you know, and so I feel like for those of us that have been under colonized rule, right, and have been under a genocidal program, it's just the continuation. Right. And so it's like people determining who's disposable and who's not. Yeah. And what, and the fact that I think what has allowed, so my mom and dad were in the civil rights movement, right? And so we were having this conversation and my mom lost her best friend at mm. Tuskegee, right? Mm. Um, she was, her best friend was raped by five people, five white men. Um, she met my dad due to like white men trying to come at her as a 14 year old in a bus, actually 11 years old in a public bus. And so, you know, we were having this whole conversation about what we are, we can sustain things because there's, we have, our people have seen so much, right? Our people have seen so much. So there's like ancestral wisdom. There's like wisdom that exists in our communities around age, around crack, around so many things that we know what it looks like to have a whole thing sweep our people and be like, how do we sustain in this moment? The difference is we come together through community, right? And so we are trying to, as people, figure out. That's why people are like, I'm going to church down south. It doesn't matter because that's how people have known how to sustain. So then the question is, what are the ways around community sustenance when you're supposed to be socially distant, when the thing that has gotten us through is each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how we've made it. So in, in terms of, you know, getting us through as each other, mm-hmm. that's where, yeah, I like what you said about still sustaining and building community in the midst of this, because this will never be the same. And you're in Tennessee, you know, I grew up in Nashville. Yep. I had the president of Meharry on the show this week. And he's the first person to say to me, or at least to a way that I could comprehend, that actually until there is a vaccine for this, social distance and masks are gonna be inevitable. We're not gonna be able to go without that. That's right. So you're right, for us, you know, you you mentioned Kojic, I mean, people are dying because they don't know any other way but community and getting together. So, um, and then obviously we have a movement, you know, how do we sustain our social justice movement when we're separated. So uh, talk to us about movement technologists and what that Let's is go. and whether I'm, whether I'm uh, smart enough to do that. You are definitely smart enough. <laughs> so, definitely. That's like the goes without saying. So I feel like one thing that's really important in this moment is how do we, as black people, how do we, um, as poor people, how do we as people understand the role technology plays understand how to create the spaces we need and not have other people be the intermediary in that so that the things we craft are actually exactly the things we need so that we have the experience and the know-how to not be zoom bombed so that we have the experience and the know-how around what technology to even use right because right now most people don't know they're trying everybody's trying to figure it out right and so the point of a movement technologist is somebody that does three main things one knows how to use, knows enough about the tech that they can like set stuff up for people and help people out. But that's not the biggest part. That's number three. That's the fix it. 
Number one is what do we actually need so that everybody in our community has the technology they need to make it? So how do we have broadband everywhere mm. that is free? How do we have no cost for printing phone calls? How do we have media justice, right? So media justice has been around a long time. How do we actually have justice in our, how do we have internet as a right and not a like privilege? Because internet is a right. How are phones a right? And not, why is Africa, right? So I am in these global working groups. I was more connected in rural Eastern Cape, South Africa, and Lesotho, and Chad than I am in Knoxville. My inter- and Powell, my internet goes out all the time. I'm in Chad, the internet was fine. I'm like, what has happened? And I realized because they have actually spent a ton of money connecting all of like Africa together. You may not be able to use like all that iPad, but you can use your phone. The phone works. The phone don't even work half the time when I'm in West Virginia. So like, there is more service in Chad and Lesotho than there is in West by God, Virginia. That's a problem, right? And so the question for me is, what is the movement, social movement response to making sure that everybody's got what they need, right? If we know that, so my niece example is seven. My niece is on a pre-K level in the reading and the math. So Elandria, the aunt, is having to pay for support. The only way to do it is through an iPad or computer. My twin works at the Hobby Lobby. He is on furlough. Because their mom is a beautician. She's on furlough. Who in the world is supposed to pay for the services? Me, because they don't have any money. She does, so she has to come here and use all my equipment because there's, they don't have iPads. They don't have computers. They don't have internet, right? The, the schools didn't give them things. The schools, some school districts gave their students iPads. I'm in Tennessee. It's nobody getting anything. Good luck. So I, good God bless. So we have a bunch of kids that are going to go back to school. The ones that have money and parents that have internet and iPads, they're going to be great. The kids that don't have are going to be behind. And so then they're going to be tracked some more. So like the movement technologist work isn't just about do we have good broadband? Are we having a good movement conversation? It goes down to our, our young people. Are all of these black kids going to be, 70, 90% of them, going to now be even more tracked on special ed and remedial classes because they did not have what they needed when the white kids who had money did. So like that's what we are talking about. We're like, it's all the way there. Because so the impacts are in our health. Do you, can you do telecalls? If you don't have internet, how do you do a telehealth call with your health provider? That's not mm-hmm. possible. So mm-hmm. I just think like rural health, that's, and that's the biggest question right now is around healthcare. We got food distribution problems. I mean, so like, I just feel like the conversation around movement technology sometimes gets way up here for people. Like, I don't know how that impacts my life. But I'm like, it actually has severe impacts when everything is moving to the internet and we have not provided everybody with the same abilities to have what they need. Yeah. And, so, and so the third 
part is around the Federal Communications Commission, right? And like the fact that when we elected Obama, the assumption was that Miguel Clyburn was going to stay as the chair. But alas, who got to be the chair was a Republican. Who, a deep tail who does not agree with where we're trying to go. Mm-hmm. So, so now we're talking, we're in an election cycle. And while we're arguing about so-and-so isn't as good or whatever, I'm like, yo. At some level, we've got to better organize because even if we do elect Biden, Obama and Biden put in somebody to FCC that was not for prison phone calls, free prison phone calls. They put somebody in that was not for the things we needed for our people. So Mm. regardless, we have work to do, you know? So it's on the FCC end because that is actually where a lot of decisions are made. Then the money goes from the FCC to the state legislatures. So we have won rural broadband and broadband for poor areas twice, billions of dollars. And the money moves instead to some rich place. So like there's, there's work to be done on the state levels to get good state people. There's work to be done on the national level. There's work to be done around setting our own towers up and doing our own community broadband, which we know how to do and we can do and it doesn't require any federal or state anybody. And there's work to be done to go, do we actually know how to like craft our own programming? Do we know, are we going to, as a social movement, put money behind infrastructure so that we can actually create our own platforms? So we don't have to worry about being Zoom bombed. We don't have to worry about things being taken over. Or are we just going to travel people all over the world? So we got some, we got some choices. Because either we have to do a third less travel, a third less meetings, and actually put the money behind infrastructure like they did in the 30s. Right, so if you look at what got built in the 30s, people built infrastructure. In the 20s, they built schools, housing, like they built things. We talk and we like to do a lot of talking and we like to create lots of committees, but like we're not building infrastructure. So right. like that is the, that's where we're at right now. Like we are in an infrastructure, I talk a lot, but we're in an infrastructure building moment as a people. And that's the key thing about movement technology. Is what are we building that you can that you that we are building for ourselves that is really hard for you to take away, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the question. It's like what are we building that's ours, and how are we supporting the things that we already have, like our HBCUs, like our community centers, like our places that are ours that we can put towers on that you can't control that we can because you can actually we have the ability to put internet towers and broadband towers on by every community center, every church, every like HBCU, and that would actually cover the internet for almost all the country. So, so wait a minute, when you say we have the ability to do that, that means the, the community itself, yes. churches, HBCUs, if you and I decided to put a tower adjacent to where we are, we could just do that. We can do it, so Highlander, so the work I did when I was leaving, the last thing I helped do when I was leaving Highlander is to work to get some money to put a broadband tower at Highlander. Wow. How and much it can go like, out. How much does something like that cost? I mean, it depends. Uh, it depends on how ra- the range you want it. But like, we can help people do it. Like, so literally Mozilla and other folks like were, were raising money to help make this happen. 
And you know, and that a lot, they spent a lot trying to get communities to do it, you know? And so there's people trying to stop it from, from happening, but like, if you can still do it and they're still organizing to be done. Right. So I think, but most people don't even think of it as a thing, yeah. right? It's like most people. And so I did, I'm in a project called beautiful solutions, which is a website that people can go on. So Naomi Klein wrote a book called this changes everything mm -hmm. about climate change and out of it, uh, some people that I work with, Eli uh, Fagali and Rachel Plattis, started this project and then I got brought in. But we were like, how do we look at the best solutions that people are doing in every level of economy and governance, whether it's manufacturing, housing, food. And we went and looked at stories from all over the world. And we're like, what can people do to create their own solutions that might, uh, you might have to do one policy piece, maybe. But I have to think, don't require anything policy-wise. This require us to do them. Because I, we felt like implementation was the biggest thing. And how do we craft our own solutions and not spend all the time fighting somebody else? Because then there's no time to create a thing. And so there's so many ways things we can create beyond com community gardens are great. But there's other stuff we can do, right? It's like if you live near sea, we can do restorative ocean farming. If you live near the mountains, there's other things you can forage. We can create things out of forest. So I just feel like part of the thing that's necessary. And so I encourage people to go on the beautiful website. We've got curricula. We lead things in people's communities. We're about to like have a book done in November, right? And like, and it's a website that people can go on and really see and the New Economies Coalition. What are possibilities? Because I realized that I'm like, we could actually do our own internet. I was at a conference. Where is that? And like, there are people from all over Mexico, Kenya, all over the world who were crafting their own internet and they were doing all their own stuff. And they're like, we've got to figure out, we are the only ones that are going to figure out our solution. When you say our own internet. Community owned broadband, whether it's mesh networks, whether it's towers, there are so many options, but community owned and controlled in a cooperative where everybody owns it in a community. So you can do that. Do you need, you don't need permission? I mean, who? No. Not from the FCC and about it. We can just do that. You can just do it. They're wow. doing it in Detroit. They're doing it in Puerto Rico. They're doing it in parts of Appalachia. They're doing it in Mexico. They're doing it in Ghana. They're doing it all over the world. So we don't have to be helpless when it comes to connectivity. Like we all just kind of, you know, I think about it. How do you even have a self-determining life if you're tied to someone else who can determine what your bandwidth is and what it is. That's right. And, and we know it has gone up in a lot of these uh, internet providers. You know, yep. everybody's home now, so that's why everybody's having connectivity problems. And that's right. Again, but if we've had our own, those of us who had our own wouldn't have to deal with that. Wow. And we could, you know, and we could, and are you also saying we could develop our own technologies? So that you know, we have our own businesses. Yes, know, a, a, a black, indigenous, and people of color Zoom rather than that's right. Wow, and okay. I think that. And so there's a group called May First Technology First. So we're actually doing a briefing. Let me give you the date. So we're actually doing a briefing um, that is going to go into all of these things, right around digital privacy and security, around what do you need to do. Um, and it's really important because I think people need to know what are the things that we can do that we have some level of control over. 
And there may be things that it requires to go from the FCC, but not all the things. And we don't have to wait on people. You know, right. we can actually decide, here's what we want to do. And there are people that can really support and help around this. So let's see, let me get the exact date and time. And people also can go onto the People's Hub site and sign up and join us. And it's going to be recorded. So if you can't come at that particular moment, that is okay. No, I can't see this is what happens, right? When you're trying to find some, you can't find, but <laughs> I will find it before the end. And I want to say that, you know, I feel like, um, so new media adventures help set this up. And so I feel so people should know that if you are interested in doing anything around COVID or technology or at all, they are accepting applications right now for like you to get monies. So if you're like, I want to do who, who this is thing, applicant? Who is that? It's, new, it's called New Media Ventures. And they do, a, they're like right at the intersection between technology and politics. And so okay. if you're like, I want to do this thing, I don't know exactly how to do it, but I know I need some resources. If you go on New Media Ventures website, they're actively accepting right now things from communities. They support nonprofits and for-profits. You don't have to be a non you don't have to go do a 501c3 thing. You can be a C4, a nonprofit, a community crew, or you can be a for-profit. There is that doesn't matter. Wow. That's amazing. And guess yes. Yeah, this is all the time we spend in looking at Netflix. We need to figure out a way to have our own. And and again, Alondria, if we're talking about people who look like us. That's right. I've always felt the, the, the problem with our approach to STEM, we forgot the uh, African-centered education movement. In we the sure 80s. did. And what we said then and what we need to go back to saying is, if you are a descendant of African people, if you yep. have African ancestry, you are a descendant of the first scientists and That's the right. first technologists. And That's the first right. mathematician and the yes. first engineers. So as a young black kid, your pre-K, if you look in the mirror, you are looking at um, a descendant of great people from antiquity who built technology. Built. So, but That's we don't right. think of ourselves as that. That's you know, right. we, we don't see ourselves. Lord, we see ourselves as consumers. So this is on May 14th from 10 to 11 Pacific time, one to two Eastern. So if people are interested in what co is called COVID-19 and beyond, a briefing on online training and technology with People's Hub Media Justice, Training for Change and May 1st Movement Technology. And May 1st Movement Technology is a co-op. And so I think the thing that we have to do is be like, if we are going to be crafters, creators and collectives, Ownership. So W.B. Du Bois said we had two routes to go down. We were either going to go down the route of cooperative collective ownership, or we were going to go down the route of individual capitalist consumers. And the vast majority of us went down the route of individual capitalist consumers. Yeah. There was yeah. another group that stayed on the course. Right. The vast majority. And we left a bunch of black folks behind because we were like, I've got mine. I work at Delta. That's right. right. So we That's, right. Be That's right. Sponsors. That's right. right? That's so right. So then how do you, and so this also ties in, so I just want to add this in. 
Well, well Elijah, do me a favor. Time. Do me a favor. Okay. Hold on one minute. Just don't. We, I'm just forgot. Where do we leave off? Uh, oh, I think. Uh, ooh. You mentioned May 14th. Oh yeah, but no, there was something else. I was going. Oh, I know. So the last time we saw each other was at a meeting around reparations. Yeah. Right. Um. And I think this really actually ties into a reparations conversation. Yes, please. Right. And around the commons, right? And for us to understand that in an economic system, there's, so I'm like crafting a thing right now to like go out to the universe around like where participatory governance fits in, like around collective ownership, where reparations fits in and where the commons fits in, right? And so the commons are things that we collectively, that are owned by the masses, owned by everybody, right? They're not actually owned. They're like public goods. So if people have never heard the term the commons, yeah. it's like water should not be owned by anybody. You yeah. should not have to pay for water. We're paying for water. Water does not cost anybody any money. Amen. So there's no reason we're paying for water, air, electricity. Electricity is actually coming from the earth. Why are we paying for something that is coming naturally from the earth? That's so right. there are things that should be common that are like rights that we all like steward. So that's the commons. Reparations, right? It's like as people who have gone through genocide, slavery, and other forms of foolishness for 400 years, what is needed that is owed to us and not just about land and money, but about language. So I'm doing, in the Beautiful Solutions Project, I interview people, nobody from the US, but I interview people from South Africa, Palestine, New Zealand, black people from New Zealand, the Potty Hakka, mm -hmm. who took over and were like, we are taking back our language and culture, right? Like, who are we as people and people who had children who were like, what does it mean to look generationally at to like what we need and not to just consume ourselves with like housing, land, and money? Because like, really, it's about restoration. Like, where are we trying to be restored? What does it mean for us to be restored people? Which is a different thing than money. Restoration is a whole different thing about collective health and well-being. And like, how do we actually be whole people, right? And so for us to really sit with, what does it mean to be whole? What does it mean to have everything we need to thrive? And where does this conversation around technology and community fit in? And so we know that we have people that never, so like most of my life is spent online because I'm disabled. I can't travel all over the universe. I'm allergic to sins. So there are people who have children that can't trapeze out of where either. There are people who work regular nine to five, eight to five, two to eight jobs, right? That like literally if we could get people the ability to do online things could really be, have a whole different way of community. So like you didn't have to always have to go to the meeting if you couldn't, right? And so for us to think about how does this conversation fit in to a reparations and restoration conversation around us having the infrastructure and things needed to have everything we need. Mm. And that's how I think about this. I don't think about it in terms of land and housing, I'm like, what do we need to be whole 
happy, healthy, beautiful people. And then what are the things we create and craft that allow us to get there mm -hmm. so that we don't feel like we have to kill each other? Because we only do that because we don't believe we're worthy. So really, to me, this whole conversation is about worthiness and love. And if we believe that we are worthy, 100% worthy, then what do we craft and create that we're like, all of us are 100% worthy? And let's go. Right? And so, I mean, and that to me is the root. Mm -hmm. And so I think we have spent a lot on the wrong route. Yeah. And so that's, the, that's, not, that's my end. Because I'm like, if we believe that we were worthy and we that everybody else was worthy, what do we craft so that not just a few of us have the things, but everybody does? Because in the end, I'm paying for half the people in my life. So some of us are going to be paying for it anyway. So you might as well let everybody have it. Because most of us are taking care of many people. Most of us don't have the option to just take care of ourselves. We're taking care of all the people around us. Uh, yeah, yeah. So refresh my memory. Forgive me if I've forgotten this. H have you answered the call to ministry yet? Or <laughs> but you have you have preached the word today. I'm telling no, but I do ministry all other way. But yes, I yeah. That'll preach. That'll preach. I may need to steal that when I'm next time I'm in the pulpit. Um yes, yeah, sister, you have done something for me and for all of us today. We need to think about that. And what our place is, what our value is, what actually belongs to us, what we deserve. That's right. And and just how long, like you said, are we just gonna consume? Because if, if no other time, and see, people aren't thinking like this because people caught up in the mask and the illness. But if at no other time can we see that this is probably the most consumerist nation in the world. By a lot. And and we all are just victim to that. So if if the producers and the means of production are gone, right. we don't have nothing because we don't have no backup, nothing for ourselves. You just talk about the internet. Lord have mercy. It's too much. This is too much. This is supposed to be a podcast, but see, you got this. It's gone in the whole preaching session. Stop. What are you doing on my show doing this? It's true, though. It's a thing. But listen, we, we love you. We gotta have more Thank you. and this is a yes, this is a shot in the arm. This is this is a you've given us a vaccine, Lord have mercy. You've given us a a a, a self-esteem, cultural, uh practical, socioeconomic vaccine today, Elijah Williams. Thank Ooh. you. That's the point. You are a vaccine unto yourself. Y'all need you. to take That's a shot of Elijah Williams. So we That's go to keepthub.org. Yep. Beyond that, where where people can find you? Should I give people your Zoom address and just call you all hours a day and just hear and see you talk and get inspired? People do that. They people do that right now. <laughs> they just they're like, I need a one-on-one -on -one conversation, please. Um, you know, I mean, I feel like go on the, go on to Beautiful Solutions. Go look at look go look at solutions. Right. Go go. I mean, and I also think really. I spent a lot of time talking. So this is the thing I want to, I guess, leave with. I spent a lot. I feel like I have been internally blessed. Mm. I have spent so many times with time with elders. I have been like the only like anti-racism trainer. I'm like 14. The next youngest person is 35. And mm. a lot of elders. 
You know, mm. like I literally realized, and I hadn't thought about it, how many elders, radical elders are in my life. Like I remember going to Black Radical Conference and being so young and being in space where people are like, is that actually still you? You didn't talk back then? And is that you? But like around beautiful elders. And so the thing I want to offer people is our people have done so many things. So there have been co-ops in our community forever. St. Louis, Knoxville. My dad started a, like, they started a minority investment forum that built more black businesses in like this region before or since. Don't even nobody know what existed. So in the 70s, 60s, 50s, 80s, people were crafting self-community, they were crafting community determined solutions. Churches had, had food things in their back, right? People, mosques, oh my gosh. The yeah. amount of things at a mosque. But we need to talk to people because we don't know everything. You know, like the beauty of migration is actually like I was at a gathering talking to somebody who had built 75 cooperatives underground. Mm. And, and like nobody even knew it. Nobody was talking to them because they spoke Spanish. They were Black, spoke Spanish. Nobody would talk to them. They had built 75 cooperatives. Everybody else had built two, you know, or none. You know, and so I feel like how we ask our neighbors, how we ask the elders in our community, what have you done? This is a good moment to pick up the phone. Where are you going? Right? Talk to your mama, talk to somebody. What did you do around these things that we can learn from? It will one, give them a boost to make them feel like they matter and they are important and we will learn some things. And so most of the work I've done is going around and asking people, who did things in the 60s and 70s and 80s? What are the lessons you learned? In the 90s, you know, what are the lessons you learned? What do we need to think about? What did we actually start that we just need to restart again? We, what is the expertise that's here? Instead of paying a market researcher, oh God, the amount of money people spend on market research, just ask the four entities that do the flowers. You could save a whole lot of money, yeah. right? And they know anyway. Market researchers are the community people that know. And so I feel like, you know, we're talking about like Netflix. I'm like, I wish somebody would have some weed company. I wish somebody would make some glasses. I wish some people would make a water bottle. Like, I'm like, if, could we make things that we actually use every day? We right. don't need no more bike shop. Pop shop. We need stuff that we use. So it's like, if people could literally do, what do we use every day? How do we make that? It one saves us money and two creates businesses for people. So I think like we're, we sometimes go in and that's the one thing I feel like everyone in other countries do is they are very practical. Like we know how to do X. That's the thing we're gonna create, not create a thing. We don't know, if you don't know how to farm, please don't farm. You don't know what to do, but you do know how to cut hair. That's a great business, right? So I think like, that's the last thing I guess I wanna leave with. It's like, what are the things that we need how do we make those? What are the things that you know how to do? Right. How do you do that? If you know how to hustle, guess what? You know how to hustle. How do we legally hustle? Connect to, to each other. So like for me, this is all about how do we legally hustle, connected to each other that lifts up our people and not destroys them. And that's the game. You know, uh, one of my mentors, Dr. John Harry Clark, used to talk about that a lot. Oh. You know what I'm saying? How do we- Oh, yes. How do we have on? He said, why, why can't he would be very proud? Why can't we make our own underwear? Why, why is it that 
we love chicken, but we don't have the Popeyes and churches. And you know, now we're talking about Tyson's and all of that. I mean, the things that we use every day. And every we, day. We, so, no, Lord have mercy. This is, this is amazing. You have blessed us. Uh, and we got to do more. So, folks, let me do this. Let me yes. you go to, to peopleshub.org and also to Beautiful Solutions. Uh, and, and I think I have the website, right? Solutions.thischangeseverything.org. Is that right? That's right. Okay, solutions.thischangeseverything.org. Alondria Williams. Alondria, you continue to stay safe. Thank God. You, you Thank you. I'm praying fervently every day for us all that we can be back yes. specialists. Um, but love to you and your family and your mom. Thank and, you. And uh, thank you. Um, thank Alondria, you. Let's do it again someday. No, Alondria Williams, you folks are very special uh, vaccine guest. She is a human vaccine to me. Uh, thank you. Right thank now. you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you a and lot. You've, and you, you're, and you have been brilliant forever and been oh, blessed. So you. thank you. Please. Thank you. Thank you so much. We love you, Alondria. Love you. Have a good day. Okay, you too. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.